Is it hard for you to talk about your sexual wants, needs, and desires? Well, you're not alone. It's hard for everybody. And that's no pun intended. Are you hard right now and can't talk about it? Well, if so, this podcast is for you. Uh, hi, I'm Toby. I'm from the band Emory. I've also led a bunch of men's groups with the True Man Experience. And uh, I'm working on this podcast with Dr. Stormy, who is an amazing sex coach who has helped so many people. And that's what we're here to do. We were here to open up the conversation. You need to be able to talk about your sexual desires, your wants, and yes, even your needs and where you can take your sex life with your partner. So sit back, relax. We're taking listener questions. We're going to have a great episode. Join us because this is the sex education you always wish you would have gotten. All right, Stormy, we are back for another episode, and this is going to be fun for everybody because let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk let's about talk you about and you me. And me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I hope our listeners are old enough to remember the salt and pepper. So. Oh, yeah. And man. it's going to be stuck in my head all day long. I now. know. <laughs> What a great song, though. I, I, sometimes I, it's interesting when I when because uh, you you named this episode and I was I was like, <laughs> oh, man, it just took me back. And I was thinking, what a cool song that was just like really clear. It wasn't like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was just talking about sex. And yeah. in a way, I thought, man, it, it was a, such a cool song. I mean, it's still, you know, I remember it to this it's day. So I'll remember bad. it forever. So it's just really neat. And that's one of the reasons why we do Sex 101 podcast, because we want to be open and honest and talk about sex in a, in a real way in today's episode. We're going to be talking about how to talk about sex. Yeah, right. And it is hard really? to talk to your partner about sex, right? It's hard to talk about sex to anyone, but it's really hard to talk to your partner about sex. Like, right? We are not taught good communication skills around sex. I mean, obviously, one of the reasons we did the Sex 101 podcast is we believe that the sex education in our country is woefully inadequate uh, and then in some states more than others, um, but, you know, across the board. And so how do we have this as adults, let's, let's do some good sex ed and, and, you know, having, but we're not taught like, so just to normalize it, if you're out there being like, Oh my God, it's so hard for me to talk to my partner about sex. I want to tell you that is most people, right. That is, and that is not your fault. That is a, it's the fault of the system. We haven't provided good education and good communication on that. So we hope to do that a bit for you guys today. Yeah. 100%. It is very hard to talk about. And it's because it's sensitive. You're talking about uh, your body and pleasure and what you want to share with your partner and don't want to share. It's it's a tough conversation to have, but a great one to have. Totally. And we always say, like, everyone wants to, like, have great sex and nobody wants to talk about it. But we hope we're undoing some of that with this podcast and giving you guys tools and practices to have better sex, to be able to talk more about sex. I mean, I, I've said many times that if, it, if I had my way. Uh, we would talk about sex the way we talk about the weather, right? Like yeah. it is, we are all sexual beings. There is so much screwed up messaging around sex. Like I've said, we are, we're hyper repressed and hyper obsessed about sex as a culture. And how confusing is that? <laughs> right? Yeah, 100%. Like, which, which way is it? Which way to go? How do I find good resources? So, you know, it's also really common to not talk to your partner about sex. Okay. So don't feel ashamed if that's you out there listening or watching, just know that that's really common. We're going to give you some, some tools to, to change that if you choose to. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Probably with your practice, communication probably is always one of the big, big issues. Maybe like, I think just talking about it, probably you come across that a lot, like people just having a hard time talking with their partners or even acknowledging. Yeah. Totally. Eighty. I mean, eighty-five. They say eighty-five percent of couples um, report challenges in uh, physical or sexual intimacy, and that's reported. So I'm going to go with like 
95%. Part of the biggest issues, they're not talking about it, right? Right. Like we're making all sorts of assumptions. I mean, it's one of the most common struggles in partnership. um, And and a big part of that is the lack of communication and the fact that we make assumptions. You are not a mind reader. You cannot know what your partner thinks, wants, or needs in bed or out of bed. Um, And we, and even further, which we're going to talk about in a minute, it's like we often don't even know what we need or want in bed, let alone be able to communicate it to our partner. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I was thinking about, I was like, why is it so hard? Just because I, you know, obviously as a, as a sex and intimacy coach, it's something I'm passionate about. I'm like, why is it so hard? And like we said, you know, poor sex ed for sure. Um, I think it's also that we're taught that our desires are bad, right? We're taught that like, it's bad to want this and we should be more selfless. And I'm like, Oh my God, we are like toxically selfless at times, right? Like I have a tattoo on my shoulder. It's a sacred selfishness. Like how, we all have needs, wants, and desires. So how do you own and claim them consciously and communicate them to your partner thoughtfully? Mm-hmm. That's what good relations, that's what good communication communication is. But we are not taught that our desires are welcome, right? And yeah. we're just not taught that culturally. And then another thing is like fantasies are like, we're, we're, we are explicitly and implicitly taught that fantasies are either bad or they're for locked bedroom. Like right there for like behind the closed door of the bedroom, right? That's and that's not great. That is not great for communication and for relationship. And then and, you know, like you mentioned, also body love. We just did an episode on body love. Like that plays into this too. Like I don't feel good about my body, so how am I going to talk to my partner about what feels pleasurable to my body? Right? Uh, shame, repression, trauma. I mean, all the fear of rejection. Right? Uh, there's a huge, a common reported reason why couples don't talk about sex is that. I'm, it's a fear of rejection. I, my, I feel like my needs, wants, desires are, are not okay. Maybe that I feel like they're weird. And I feel like if I share them with you, you're going to reject me. And that keeps me from sharing them with you. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little bit about the why. And so, you know, of course, yeah. I like some of the, 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 the science. So it's one survey I found out so that two in five of us in the United States find it too awkward to talk to our partner about sex. And just under half of us secretly hate something our partner does, but are too polite to tell them. Oh, man. Hates, hate something. Half what was that percentage secretly, again? <laughs> just under half of us secretly wow. hate something our partner does in bed, but there were too polite to tell <laughs> oh, them. No. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And what's also interesting, though, so this is, and then this is a couple other stats, um, but 9% of, only 9% of the couples who cannot, can't completely talk about sex are sexually satisfied. So, yeah. Only 9% that don't talk about sex are sexually satisfied, and yet we're not talking about sex. So hopefully this episode will help to change that for you. Um, Because we know for sure, and research has shown that couples that talk about sex have better sex. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. Couples that talk about sex have better sex. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we want you to be in in that percentage in that couples having better sex. And then this was a super interesting study that I was like, kind of blew my mind. So uh, the researcher McCarthy noted that happy couples... Okay, I don't know what that means, but this is what they said. Happy, quote yeah. unquote, happy couples, contented couples attribute only 15 to 20% of their happiness to their sex life. Okay, so they're like, hey, we're happy. 15 to 20% of that's due to my sex life. Okay, but get this. Unhappy couples said 50 to 70% of their problems are due to lack of sex or poor communication around sex. Hmm. So what that shows me is that when you're not having sex, it's such an impact to the relationship that it feels so important. It feels it 50 to 70% of their distress was reported to be due to sexual problems. So, you know, again, the, like that we really want to encourage you and give you tools to talk about it and to understand that it is not an easy conversation to have. 
Yeah, it it just I mean, I feel like so much of our podcast is about communication because it is so hard and it is easier just to avoid it. Well, the sex is fine. Or you just tell yourself, I don't want to hurt their totally. feelings or but overall you are hurting them because you aren't enjoying sex to the fullest and that's what your partner wants. Your partner totally. wants you to enjoy sex as much as you possibly can. You know, and I, I mean, when you said sex is fine, I hear that a lot from, you know, my clients and from, you know, just friends and, and myself at times no longer in my life, but it's like, who, who wants fine sex? We all want great sex. And, yeah. and it doesn't have to be like mind blowing sex is sex. Sex is great, but it's, you know, it, it's like, if it's just fine, like, and Glennon Doyle says that fine is the equivalent of half dead. So we don't want half dead sex, right? We want, right. we want great sex. Right. And when you're not communicating about it, you're so much room for assumptions and those are almost always wrong right so we're making interpretations we're making assumptions but we can't do that and we definitely can't do that in the realm of sex and sexuality because it is so layered we have so much playing into our own sexual history our family of origin our religious upbringing the lack of sex education maybe porn was our only form of sex education right there's so much that plays into what we need, want, and desire in the bedroom. And we cannot make assumptions about that. I don't care if you guys have been together 30 years, you cannot make assumptions about what your partner needs or wants in the bedroom. Yeah. You got to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to tips for the conversation. Okay. <laughs> right? you know, I'm sure everyone's like, yeah. you know, nervous system just went into high alert. It's like, Oh shit, this sounds horrible. Okay. Like, but you know, I wanted to like start slow. Right. You do not have to. This is not a one time conversation where you have to like say name every one of your desires and find out every one of theirs. It's like start slow, open the door. And this is for new partnerships and longtime partnerships. Okay, This is also for people out there dating and like, you know, dating partners and seeing considering entering into a, a long term partnership. Right. Have these conversations, but start slow. You don't, So give yourself some grace. Know that it is a hard conversation for you. It is likely a hard conversation for them. And that's where like the timing is the next tip. So starting slow is the first tip. Next tip, second tip is timing, right? Um, I'm not a fan of talking about sex during sex. Okay, I'm a, I'm a big fan of feedback during sex, which we'll talk about. But I'm not a, because if there's a pattern of hurt there, or if this is totally new, and you've never talked to your partner about sex, doing it in the moment is going to add a layer of complexity, because you might feel rejected, and they might be like, what am I doing wrong? Why are we having this conversation? Right? Like, there's just what you're just not setting it up for success. So when you're in a moment when you are feeling connected, maybe it's a date night, or maybe it's just you're cuddling, or maybe you're just kissing or out holding hands or whatever it's like that's consider the timing that like that might be a better time so just be thoughtful about the timing yeah that makes total sense whenever you're in the moment it always like same way as if you're in an argument and you're bringing up things that you just don't need to in the moment you know just take totally. take set a time aside to have these conversations totally right it's like i mean i love and you know maybe, maybe we should do a podcast on this but i love the idea of like a relationship check-in uh, for relationships right in part if you're going to do a relationship check-in part of what you do is you literally have a set time that might be like you're on your date night once a month or whatever where you and you part of your check-in is about sex it's about your sexual your sex life right um and so that's you know that's a great way to do it so and then that brings me to the third tip which is stay positive right if you come in 
arms crossed, defensive, like, you know what? You never do this. Like we are where our sex life is like horrible, right? Like that is, I promise that is not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. It's all in your delivery, right? So staying positive, right? It's giving, making it so that it's not a, a, a personal attack or a personal critique of your partner's lovemaking. Because here's the deal. Your preferences in bed have little to nothing to do with your partner. They're yours. So what we can tend to put in our partner, like, oh, our partner's not a great lover, or I never have an orgasm, or my partner never does this. We use a lot of superlatives, never and always, which are rarely true, right? So stay positive, right? So instead of focusing on what they're not doing, focus on what and sharing with them what you love it when they do do or what you're wanting more of. Those are very like positive and person forward ways of talking, right? So um, so that example of like, you never do this. It's, you might be like, you know, the other night when you did this, I really loved that. I would love so much more of that. Right. Like that's a very different experience yeah. than you never do dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So 100%. that staying positive is a, is the third tip. And that's a really big one. Yeah. And I think too, allowing yourself there, if you say something positive and then be vulnerable too, you know, like you can just be vulnerable and say, Hey, listen, this is hard for me to say, or this is, you know, I want, I want totally. you to know positivity can come in. I love you so much. I love mm -hmm. that we make love with each other and our connection, all this yeah. stuff. And I, and I want to say something vulnerable about me. And I want you to see if you can receive this because I, I'm telling you this for us. You know, you can stay that totally. positivity through all of it. Even when you're saying something that, you know, is sensitive, you can be positive, like you said. And that it just allows the person to receive it so much more readily. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to say that because it's right. Like you're sharing your desires, right? So they're yours. Yeah. So share them in a positive way, like to really to really own them, like to say, you know, hey, I have this thing that I've been like really liking, like and I've been noticing when we when you do this, I really like it. I would love to do this or I would love to try this. What do you think about that? How does that feel for you? Are you open to that? Right. Like you really. So phrasing it in a positive way, owning it as your own. Like you're not telling them what to do or not do. That's not what we're saying. It's really owning like, hey, I love this or I want to try this or I'm curious about this. And you can say like, you know, I really don't love this because and this is why. Right. I don't yeah. love this because it's too much stimulation for me or it actually shuts right. me down. Right. So yeah. you're still keeping it about you because this is these are your sexual desires and what you're sharing with your partner. And also, like you said, Toby, how intimate. Like you're the if you're in a monogamous partnership, you're the you're only having sex with each other, which is already sacred and so intimate. And now you're willing to be vulnerable enough to share how to have better sex with that part person right. and what you want and desire because we are all worthy of pleasure. It is literally our birthright. Um, oh, actually, I have to look up the. Uh, I saw Janelle Monet last night, and I had a, a quote from her. It's so good. It just made me pop. Okay, so it's what she said is, "Pleasure is a state of mind." Pleasure is a state of mind, M-I-N-E, right? So mm. pleasure is a state of mind, pleasure is a state of mind, right? And I was like, oh, I got to go text that to myself <laughs> in, in the middle of the concert because I loved it so much. I literally texted it to myself, but yeah, it's, it was so great because it's, right, we are, pleasure is our birthright, and yet so many of us are walking around just having mediocre sex because we're not having the conversations about what we need want and desire and so i want everyone who's listening and watching here your needs wants and desires are beautiful yeah. and they are welcome and it is super sacred and very vulnerable and sexy af to share them with your partner 
That is so good. I love that quote too, because you're right. Cause it's very easy for us to, uh, own pain. Oh, this is happening to me. This is awful. I, I feel this pain. This pain is tor directed towards me. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And then when it's pleasure, we go, ah, like you said, we'll just, we'll just accept <laughs> yeah. it. We can kind of accept it or whatever. I don't yeah. know, you know, and that's not true. Your pleasure. It's my, my pleasure is mine. And I should totally. be able to own that and accept that and enjoy that because that is what it's for. That's why I have it's these. So true. That's why I feel all these things. It's totally. supposed to have that's pleasure. So well said, right? We're really good at taking on pain. We are really not as great. And actually, like, I just decided to, I'm going to write my, I'm going to write a book. And so, but it's, guess what? It's going to be about pleasure. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I you know, really, like, actually yeah. is because um, it's such a powerful thing, right? And I'm not just talking about pleasure in the bedroom. We're talking about pleasure outside the bedroom. But, you know, I love that what you just said. We're really good at taking on pain. We are not nearly as good at taking on pleasure and so you know what what a beautiful thing to share with your partner ways that you feel pleasure ways that bring you like your partner is going to want to know this and hear this right and they cannot read your mind they definitely cannot read your body map right yeah. and so it's like it's so it's a great thing to to you know so sharing that desire in a positive way and then asking them about theirs right so Okay, I just share with you what I love. Like, I would love to know what is it you're wanting more, or what is it that you really gets you excited or turns you on, right? You bring yeah. in that curiosity and that reciprocity to the conversation. I love that. Uh, awesome. Well, so then, and that kind of leads us right into the next tip, which is you know have a conversation. Like, I, I see this all the time in my clients. It's like when I when we go through, like we go through an inventory, right? Like how, which I'm suggesting that you go through in your partnership. How often do you want to have sex? And is sex just P and B? Like, are we just talking about intercourse? Like, I mean, these are, it sounds obvious and it is so not obvious, right? Like how, what feels good for you? Maybe at this point in your life, you know, what the average is 1.3 times a week for, for monogamous couples. But it's like, it's actually interesting because according to a lot of studies, it's like less than 30% of couples actually meet that. So our average, right. And my whole thing is I don't give two shits about what's average. I care about how it feels for you and your partner. Right. So is the frequency feeling good for you? Are you wanting more? Are you wanting less? Like have that conversation with your partner. And what does it mean? Like maybe you want to fool around a couple of times a week, but sex is what you're really like one time a week is your sweet spot. Right. Like, so get, we assume that our partner knows and we assume that it has to lead to sex every time, neither of which are true. Yeah, you're right. Yes, that is so true. I'm so glad you said that. I, I was in a relationship where, I, I like being flirty and I like that that doesn't have to lead to sex in the moment. You know what I mean? Oftentimes mm -hmm. it can't, the, you know, my kids are around or, uh, right. life responsibilities and all this stuff, mm -hmm. but I like being flirty. And I was in a relationship where, uh, it wasn't reciprocated. So all the flirtiness was just for me. And then it was mm -hmm. received maybe as like, I just wanted to get laid. And I, I was like, no, mm -hmm. I just, I thought we could be flirty with each other. And right. I've been learning yeah. now in the relationship that I am, that it's okay. And we had those conversations where, we both recognize this isn't leading any farther than this, but we're just enjoying mm -hmm. each other just for a brief moment. And that's really so not, you know what I mean? Like it just, it totally. really is. And it, right. it can be and received like, and reciprocated. Amazing. Yeah. Right. And to be able to be like, you know what? I just let out like, if it's consensual, like squeeze your cute butt. This isn't going anywhere else, but oh my God, thanks for that little cute butt squeeze or whatever. You know, it's right. like that there, we, we're, we're does not have to lead to set. And that's the conversation you have because maybe you're a person who like, no, if I'm fooling around, I'm glad I want it to end with sex. Okay. 
that's great. That's your, maybe your partner's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to just make out and like not have it go any farther, right? Like, well, then you get to do both, right? You get to yeah. come to, first of all, you understand each other better. There's no assumptions or you're minimizing assumptions and you can come to some sort of middle ground that works for both of you. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. And then the next, the last tip that I have is, is feedback, right? So feedback during sex. We talked about not having a conversation necessarily during sex or sexy time. But give lots of feedback. Feedback is a great time. During sex is a great time to learn and grow from feedback, right? So verbal, nonverbal. I mean, we've done episodes on pillow talk and dirty talk. You don't even have to do that. It's just more like, oh, my God, that feels so good. Or I love that so much. Or, oh, my gosh, keep doing that, right? Like giving feedback is a lifetime real learning experience for your partner. But so many couples don't give feedback during the sexual encounter. So yeah. really encouraging you verbal and nonverbal feedback. You want to do dirty talk, do it. Go check out the episode on that. But they, you know, it's not, I'm not even talking about dirty talk, just feedback, right? Like yeah. think about it. you're in a loop, you're giving and receiving pleasure, giving no feedback is literally expecting the other person to read your mind and read your body. And at least yeah. you're going to, it's not going to be accurate. Right. So, and, and plus feedback is real live time. So maybe you are loving something one time and the next time you're like, oh, I would, you know, I would love it slower or I would love it in this way. Right. Like yeah. how beautiful, how sexy. Right. So feedback is a great way to continue the conversation um, in verbal and nonverbal ways. Yep. And it's good that, to allow your partner to know what you are thinking. Like they don't know that you are really turned on by their boobs or the way yeah. they're they're uh, looking back at you or looking at mm -hmm. you or the uh -huh. kiss that they just gave you. Like just those little things of, oh, that felt so good. Or, this feels really nice or, oh, you know, all of those things can be good. And then I will say one thing, uh, having worked with men before, <laughs> so one thing that men oftentimes can get wrong is they don't listen. They are asking for feedback and then don't receive it. Like they go, does that feel okay? Is that all right? And then if you get in that trap, sometimes it can uh, turn your partner off. So also yeah, great, with, with feedback, point. receive it. Oh, this feels right. good. Receive it. You know, right. allow them and, and allow your partner it. to give you feedback. Totally. That was so well said too, because if we're always the one asking for feedback, like, does this feel good? Right. That can become the pattern itself. Right. Or maybe I'm doing that because of my own anxiety. Right. Like, yeah, so get, you can certainly ask. And if you're the, if you're the one receiving in that, in that moment, like offer, right? Like you don't have to be asked to offer, right? You can say, oh my God, I love it when you do that. Or, yeah. oh, like a little slower, like, oh gosh, slower feels so good, right? Like there's ways to make it positive, right? Um, so that your partner doesn't have to always be the one to ask if they're asking, because that can become a pattern in and of itself. Yep. Awesome. All right. Uh, this is really good. I'm, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, okay, but uh, still enjoying it. All right, you want to get to a stump stormy? It's time to stump stormy. I got a good one for you this week. All I right, think. let's do it. <laughs> stormy, what is honeymoon rhinitis? <laughs> Honeymoon rhinitis. Yep. Honeymoon. How do, you spell, how do you spell rhinitis? No, I'm not telling you that. That's too much. Uh, that, I know. I see how your brain's working. I see you're trying to. <laughs> uh, no clues here. Come on. Uh, well, rhinitis is like runny nose. Okay. Yeah. So that's yep. what, that's R H I N I T S rhinitis. Uh, yeah. You're getting it. You're getting it. 
I knew you would. I knew it. I saw your mind uh, immediately. You immediately uh, went to spelling uh, bee. <laughs> How do you spell it? If you can spell it this way, then it means that I saw your brain working in your eyes. I won. I won the spelling bee in seventh grade. I believe it. I totally believe it. Um, so I guess rhinitis is runny nose. So yep. like, you, you, know, you basically uh, got it. Yeah, you got yeah, it. So honeymoon rhinitis or place? no, it's, it's honeymoon rhinitis or honeymoon nose is a condition in which the sufferer experiences nasal con congestion during sexual intercourse or arousal. Mm, the condition, the condition appears okay. to be genetically determined and caused by the presence, by the presence in the nose of erectile tissue, which may become engorged during sexual arousal. So some people say wow. you can have sex and it releases yeah. some of the, like if you're stopped up or something yeah. like that too. So it's yeah, really interesting. interesting. I never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. So it's not due to like pollens and things in there. It's actually like due to the arousal. That's interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, the, as a side effect, it uh, sends the auto autonomic i'm probably saying that wrong nervous system that trigger changes in the genitals for both men and women and and sometimes in the cool. interior wall of your nose so interesting yeah for sure so all right i know you'd get it uh <laughs> all right let's get to listener questions i'm such a nerd <laughs> <laughs> a question we've got answers here's this week's listener question uh, okay uh i'm a visual person and often comment on people i see i think it seems to bother my boyfriend if i notice a guy and say he's handsome or sexy we've never fought over this but i can tell he acts a little different and maybe even a little jealous should i just keep these comments to myself and this comes from hot dude alert now that that's interesting because this this just shows you like my upbringing like uh my dad um would say pretty girl alert pretty girl alert when there was a pretty girl oh, around wow. and my brother wow. and I grew up then I'm like wow that's it's so crazy and I, I mean my dad was showing me what he thought was attractive but uh -huh. also it was kind of in a not the best way you know it wasn't that oh, what yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't healthy is what I'm I'm getting at here but that my dad used to yeah. say stuff like uh -huh. that yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah right. family of origin man plays in. So, right. you know, to answer our listeners' questions, like, I mean, first of all, it's a myth that men are more visual than women. We're really like research lately coming out in sexuality. Uh, a lot of Dr. Wednesday Martin's research and such um, talks about women are just as visual, if not more visual. And so, you know, I guess I'm normalizing the fact that you notice. I mean, here's the deal. I would tell my partner this all the time. I'm like, if you're not noticing another attractive person, like you're dead. Like I would actually rather you notice. And then it's what do you do with it? Right. So it's yeah. totally normal to notice the attractiveness of someone else, particularly the gender that you're attracted to. Um, but you know, so that's, so you're normal. <laughs> okay. This is normal. Um, but it's really about the way in which you say it. Right. So um, one thing I would get curious about is I, do you also comment and notice, of a beautiful woman or a sexy woman or you're like are you noticing women and men or are you just commenting on men because yeah. you're a hetero woman right so just noticing that in yourself um and then i would ask him about the jealousy if you because you're it sounds like you're assuming that he's a little jealous you said he acts a little different a little jealous to say like hey does that make you feel jealous when i say that right because you're now you're bridging like so i've we've talked about like jealousy is a very common emotion we it gets very like judged but we all have it it's what do we do with it what's our connection to it right yeah so to ask him to say like does that make you feel jealous and it can even be like oh does that like because jealousy is like can be a beautiful thing of like wow i'm feeling threatened because i 
want you and I don't want that person to want you. Right. So it can be very beautiful and sexy. It could also be possessive and and destructive. Um, So asking him about that, like, is that, you know, asking about the jealousy and then I think putting yourself in his shoes, like, you know, how would it feel for you if he was commenting on a woman that's beautiful or sexy? So I can only, and I'm putting, I'm projecting a little bit my personal experience on this. For me, I notice attractive men, attractive women, my partner and I will be like, wow, that, that's a really beautiful person. But we'll say like, that's a beautiful person or that's a beautiful man or beautiful woman. I have found for me, like it was harder for me if he was like, wow, that woman is super hot. Because for me, I was like, I kind of want to be the hot one, right? Like, right. so that was for me, the language in which he said it mattered more than the fact that he said it, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, getting curious about that, having that conversation, like, but, you know, I just to know, it is totally normal to notice and appreciate the beauty in another person, even when you're in partnership. Yeah. And, and I'll say this too, because uh, I've struggled with jealousy in the past and I've really learned you can't prevent anybody. I think the idea there is, would you, you know, you play it out in your mind. Maybe they would cheat or maybe they find that person more attractive than me and they would leave me for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't prevent somebody from doing something. It, that isn't your job. It's not, they either will love you and you can trust them or they won't. And you preemptively trying yeah. to com- convince them to stay with you or that they can't do that, that. That's the thing that you have to watch out for. You love somebody and trust them. And that's, that's where it goes. I mean, trying to stop somebody from doing something that might hurt you, mm. you, you can't, they right. might, or they might yes. not. And it sounds like she doesn't want to, it sounds like she really is in. Right. So just encourage him like, no, you know, I, I think you're the hottest or I, yeah, I'm just a visual person. I'm thinking that, you know, and, and I just, you right. know, and just have that. Yeah, conversation. exactly. Well said. All right. Uh, my girlfriend and I used to live in different States, so we only got to see each other every month or so. When we were together, sex was great, and we did it a lot, knowing that we wouldn't see each other for another month. Um, I was finally able to move six months ago to live in her city. We moved in together, and things are going great, except the amount of sex we have has gone down to once or twice a week. I would prefer to have more sex, uh, but don't know how to bring this up to her without hurting her feelings or seeming like that's all I want. And this comes from close but so far away. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we were just talking about like the normal, right? Quote, unquote, normal, right? So you're still within the normal, like 1.3, you know, times per week. But that, again, it doesn't matter. Like normal doesn't mean anything. What matters is that I'm hearing is that you want more sex, right? You're, yeah. you, that's a concern because you're wanting to have more sex. Sort of also like it used to be when you guys were doing long distance, right? So talk to her about your desire for more sex, right? Use some of these tips that we talked about today to have the conversation. Um you said you're worried you don't want to hurt her feelings or make it seem like that's all you want it's all in the way that you talk to her so use the tips that we talked about today and it you know and really bringing your vision so you can be like hey something your language but something along the lines of like hey babe you know we when we were doing long distance like we all we did was have sex and like there's a part of me that like wants to bring that back like how how could we bring back that kind of intensity and frequency to our life now right like that is a very different thing than like we're not having enough sex Right. Right. Like, which do you think is going to be better received by your partner? Right. Right. So that when you share your vision for what you want to create, it brings someone in alignment with you so that the two of you are on a team together trying to navigate sex and sexuality versus the 
two of you on opposite sides of the tennis court lobbing the ball back and forth. Right. Um, And so that, you know, that how you, how you frame it, how you talk and again, framing it positive. Like basically you're like, I can't get enough of you. I want more of you. Like that's a beautiful thing to hear and to receive. Um, And then asking about her, like, Hey, you know, have you noticed that our frequency has gone down? Because maybe she's like, wait, has it? Right. Or maybe she's like, you know, I've really noticed it. I have been so stressed out at work and I'm just not feeling like you giving her, right. So you're asking her, has she noticed and what are her thoughts about it? Right. That's a great way to introduce the conversation. Yep. You're exactly right. So much of how much sex we have is also affected by outside of the bedroom. It's just, there's so much going on and you have to just be able to recognize that, that that sex is one component of a healthy relationship. And so, Finding out about your partner might, you know, open a door that you didn't know was closed or, exactly. you know, so. All right. Uh, so please send in all your questions. You can email stormy at lovedeeplab.com. You can email me, toby at marriagesupply.com. Um, you know, if you're going through honeymoon rhinitis, whatever, we will answer any question. <laughs> so send them in. We will answer questions about your nose. We will answer your questions. So send them in to us. Send uh, them in. Yep. Uh, also follow Dr. Stormy on Instagram at docstormy1 or TikTok, touchy subjects with three S's. And then marriage supplies on Instagram as well as the.marriage.supply. Remember, knowledge is power, sex is power, and the world needs more of both.